0: Welcome to Film Frequency, the fortnightly film podcast hosted by Mark Whiteside, Ross Cairndove, and myself, Corey McKinney, where we unpack our thoughts on the cinematic landscape of motion picture entertainment. From indie flicks to blockbuster, international cinema to animation, we leave no genre untouched as we analyse what we love about storytelling on the big and small screen.
1: Okay, uh, welcome to another episode of Film Frequency. In this episode, we're going to be talking about uh, kaiju, given that um, Godzilla versus Kong is currently in cinemas and doing particularly well. May I say it sounds like cinemas? Uh, this might have uh, injected some life back into cinemas again um, after the pandemic. So we're going to be talking about kaiju, kaiju, and hopefully um, Ross is the one who seems to be the most passionate and the most knowledgeable in this.
2: Uh, Unfortunately, sort of badgered you into this a little bit so much because this is one of the sub genres I'm particularly passionate about but um, i know, sure this is a good raising the chat about it and hopefully we'll have some fun with some of this stuff so yeah
1: well hopefully this some of this sort of trivia um, useless trivia will uh, prove useful in some pub quizzes in the future so I'm sure there'll be some benefit from it so um, over to you Ross what have we got for this uh, episode? Kaiju
2: is, it's both a Japanese word that means strange beast, and it's also a genre of films and TV, which basically are just involving giant monsters. Like, that's the overall thing. and What you often find is that these monsters are used as sort of an allegory for various different climate or economic or political issues that are affecting um, the story. That's typically the way the Japanese have done it so i i have a friend from japan and i was over there a couple of years ago and we were sitting on a bus and i was sort of asking them like godzilla and all that sort of stuff because again i'm a nerd and i was asking them about kaiju and basically what they represent which i thought was quite interesting is you know so they predominantly focus their religions one of their main religions in japan is shinto which is sort of like i don't even know how to describe it it's more like it's sort of polytheistic so they pray to an awful lot of different gods but it's basically with nature sort of rooted into it so what you would essentially do you see if you ever go there you see like these little shrines that are all dogged around the place and basically what you would do is you would go and you would pray to the shrine that for like a good harvest or that um, your family would be kept safe from like tidal waves or anything like that because obviously Japan's in quite a volatile part of the world in terms of, like, I think it's quite isn't, Mark, you did geography, it's quite near like one of the plate boundaries or something, isn't it? It's like in that ring of fire or it's very close to it. They experience quite a lot of earthquakes
1: I think, don't they? Yeah,
2: like in sort of Southeast Asia it's quite bad. But basically what, from now again I may be completely butchering this, but what they basically sort of believe and I think the way they sort of rationalise that is they put faith into the fact that these are essentially like giant god type things that they effectively pray towards, and then that the hope is that if you pray to them and you offer them enough, then you will be spared come the next like tsunami or earthquake or that sort of thing, um, which I thought was like really sort of strange. Yeah,
1: do they take shape then? You see, when you're when they obviously you're saying about like shrines where you pray for like safety, um, like for example, these kaiju did they always look like they have or is that hollywood that's kind of made no i think like
2: that's that's more sort of hollywood so basically what they've effectively done is they've tied sort of this aspect of the religion and the part of society with in particular sort of western monster movies from like the 20s and the 30s so actually everyone sort of thinks that the first kaiju movie and i suppose the first kaiju movie in like a japanese sense like a traditional sense of the word is Godzilla that came out in 1954. But actually what the very first year of movies like that was The Lost World, which is, I guess, is like an Arthur Conan Doyle um, movie that's all about dinosaurs and that sort of malark. And then King Kong. Like, everyone thinks that Godzilla came out before King Kong, but King Kong actually came out in the 30s. So that's a kaiju movie in the sort of, sense of the word but like without actually having that attributed to it um but then basically what they've done is they've seen these the sort of looked out and they've seen the americans making these big monster movies and they thought okay there's a market for this there so what they've then done is they've then taken that they've married it with their ancient sort of religion with regards to this and basically the whole point of godzilla godzilla came out in the 50s which was what 10 years Right about 10 years, 9, 10 years after the bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki at the end of the Second World War. So mm-hmm. that's why Godzilla has always had, like, the whole point is that he's woken up by nuclear war. So it's sort of is this allegory for nuclear war okay. that goes along. Does that makes sense?
1: So when Godzilla and King Kong, for example, that first kaiju film, which is King Kong...
2: Um, yeah. Did Hollywood come up
1: with the entirety of King Kong, or is that yeah?
2: Yeah, so like yeah, so Japan, Japan, like I said, Japan didn't really get into the game with they had it this like I said in their culture, but the actual mo- movies and like in pop culture, I suppose, like didn't really until the sort of the grand daddy of it all was Godzilla in nineteen fifty
1: four. Right. So King Kong was a totally it was a character totally
2: separate, totally, totally
1: separate. separate. Now, Godzilla
2: Japan. Godzilla. In, in the japanese culture japan interestingly did end up doing there's like one that you can find it's quite difficult to find if you want to look for it um they find they, like their own version of king kong they did like there's a japanese king kong that is exists and is out there um which is just basically a blatant ripoff of the american one um but in terms of like the actual kaiju movies as we know them today i guess they really sort of started with that 1954 godzilla movie and then it's only years later that you have godzilla and king kong and all the various different um creatures sort of joining on board as well is it
1: so a lot of this kaiju it's almost as much from Japan as it is from Western society, is
2: it? It's kind of like merging both. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I guess so. I think there's like, it has roots in Western society, but it also has roots in Eastern society. And, but the actual, I would say like the movie boom is definitely more like a Japanese thing. But yeah, the, then, so I guess I was like, I was going to ask you, because obviously we've had various different um, exposures to this in the West, because we obviously all grew up in Ireland. What would you, what was like your first like exposure to anything like that?
1: My first one was, well, again, I'm not entirely sure what, what um, is categorized as kaiju,
2: but basically just giant like things with giant monsters in them. Like, it's not like you wouldn't have like your universal monsters like Frankenstein and the mummy and all, they don't count because they're quite, they're obviously quite small, but it would be like giant movies like Godzilla, like King Kong, that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, well, I think my first one was uh, Peter Jackson's God, or sorry, King Kong. That was, I think, my first exposure to this, and to this day, it's still my favorite. I think out of all of them that I've seen, I haven't seen many. But <laughs> I, uh, and that that when we get into the discussion, that's part of the reason why I was kind of put off by the new King Kong because to me, nothing's going to touch the Peter Jackson one. Mm. I mean, I'm, I I really enjoyed the Peter Jackson one coming off the top, you know, the Lord of the Rings series. And therefore, there was a lot of hype for this, and and I think again, like we were talking about last week with Man of Steel, because both Man of Steel and this uh, and Peter Jackson's King Kong just came off two incredibly successful franchises uh, or trilogies. Um, I think, you know, I, I I think King Kong didn't get the attention it served to get at the time. I think everyone kind of went, oh well, this wasn't a masterpiece, so therefore, it's not very good and yeah it's not a masterpiece but I I think it's still a very strong blockbuster film and even though it is a long film it's you know it's worth it and I don't think it's that slow or anything like that and I think they do King Kong
2: justice in the film so have you ever seen like the original King Kong no No. it's um yeah it's obviously a a little bit more sort of interesting (laughs) Obviously, the effects of the nineteen thirties don't really compare to the ones of two thousand and five. But it's interesting. There's like the you know, like the bit whenever like he fights like the two T Rexes. Like that is all. That's all in the original. Like that whole scene. Uh, obviously, it's far less. Like, do you know what I mean? They're basically like little toy figures, essentially like little puppets. They're moving around in the background. But yeah, Corey, what about you?
0: Um, well, mine actually came seven years earlier before, um, before peter jackson's king kong and that was with roland emmerich's godzilla in 1998. um now i was obsessed with this film i think this was one of the this was one of these films like i was six years old this was probably the first kind of big movie experience where i was like this is amazing these big giant i remember having all the toys uh, I'm pretty sure there's still a Godzilla toy upstairs. I, I love this film. I know it's like, I think if I watched it back now, I'd be like, this is absolute trash. But I'm just looking at it on Letterboxd here. It's got 2.1 out of 5. So that's like around about 4. Matthew Broderick, Jean Reno, Hank Azaria. Oh, this film just hit me right where, exactly where I loved as a kid. There was a the big eye. There was all the wee baby um, Godzillas. I thought this was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. A six-year-old curry, but that was definitely my first um first experience, and I'll always remember that Godzilla. And I think that was kind of what started me into just science fiction and kind of big monsters. You know, I was always big into Jurassic Park. I'd probably my dad had probably shown me um the first. I think by this point, maybe the first and second Jurassic Park had been out around nineteen ninety eight. So I'd probably seen them on video rather than in the cinema. But I'm pretty sure something like this. I mean, six years old, I might have seen this in the cinema. I've definitely watched it multiple, multiple times as a kid. So, yeah, I don't know. Did you guys, was this the thing you watched as a kid, the Godzilla? See, I've
2: never seen that one. I know that it it's like super like, so. <laughs> in the kaiju community. It's like super <laughs> controversial. It's super controversial because like the typical Godzilla looks like the one that's in the movies now where, you know, he's sort of like a bit dumpy. Yeah. Like do you know what i mean like sort of like like whereas like that one's obviously based on like sort of more i guess i think it's like they were going for like an iguana type thing Uh, um and like that's so i know that like at the time that one was like a lot of people were not happy about that Mm. uh but like i think the other thing as well is to sort of remember with all these movies is they are stupid They are over the top like they're not supposed to be good movies they're just that sort of niche they're not like bad movies but they're like a niche of like something else do you know what i mean
0: what i loved about this film was right they like and this is something that just doesn't happen in movies these days like godzilla went missing in new york this thing is giant and they couldn't find him it was like jaws in new york where he was like stalking people and it was like people were like where the fuck is he and they heard like you know the footsteps like if this thing if this happened now and there's a giant fucking lizard in new york i mean there's no way it would be hidden if you should watch it Ross, you'd
2: have an absolute ball it's great fun i think you've seen like i think you've seen like the, there's like a trailer or something for it and it's like people in like i want to say it's like the museum of natural history or something like that and then there's this giant foot just comes straight through <laughs> and i remember seeing that and thinking god that looks like like by today's standards, I don't know how well it, it holds up, but I have a funny thing it's on I think it's on Netflix. Yeah, I'll maybe I'll maybe Definitely give it
0: a hold up. There's no way it's gonna hold up. On- <laughs> no,
2: no, probably
1: not. Yeah.
2: Probably not. Um what were you saying, Mark?
1: It was like 90 CGI, so you can imagine what that's gonna look like now.
2: No, that's true. No, for me, like the one my big sort of thing into this, and I guess like you probably both have it as well, but you probably just don't think of it as one, is the Power Rangers, like the TV show Power Rangers when we were kids. Yeah. Because the thing with Power Rangers was like, yes, you have, like, obviously it's your, your kid, their kids and they're fighting and all the rest of it. But then at the end of almost every episode, somehow the monster grows to like the size of a skyscraper. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the monster, the weaker, so size of Skyscraper. And then they all get into like their sort of the Zor- the Megazord, which is like that giant robot thing that they fight it in. Yeah. And that's like, that's very classically Japanese. Because basically, I only found this out recently, like Power Rangers, as we saw it, isn't actually an original show. So what it is, is like the bits whenever they're fighting in costume and they're fighting the monsters and stuff, Are actually from like an old japanese show from the 70s called super sentai and then what they basically done is like this american company essentially brought it over and then added like you know the bits of them like in high school being like all angsty and shit like they added that into it to make like essentially like a whole brand new thing Mm. um but that was for me like i and because i always used to love that because you used to see them and like you would get them in the megazord and then end up fighting whoever the body was that week and then do you know what I mean? It sort of went
0: on and on and on like that. I was, I was obsessed with Power Rangers as a kid, and even the, most, yeah. even the most recent one, I know it was garbage, but I was like, I fucking love this. And there was a bit where they all got together and they turned in the big megazoid and then they played the original theme. And I was like, that's fucking class. Just keep doing that. I went
2: to, I remember I went to the cinema to see that, uh-huh. and I went after my, I went after my work. And I like there was like the lights came up and there was a bunch of like wee lads like who like kids who obviously were leaving the cinema and they had just dogged around the cinema. There's like four or five of us, we're just like guys like our age <laughs> we were just sat, to me, sat there watching this, just trying to get like a bit of nostalgia back, from yeah, childhood kind of thing, yeah. Oh, that's class. It's class. Um, but yeah, so like obviously this is quite. This is a franchise. Is this is the Godzilla movie that just came out is actually the 36th Godzilla movie that we've ever had. So I think a lot of people are like, like, I think you're right. A lot of people think, if they think at all, they think of that, like, one in the 90s with Matthew Broderick you were talking about there, Corey. Mm-hmm. But, like, people, and then maybe, like, some people are like, oh, yeah, and then it's based on that old Japanese one. But there's actually 36 um, Godzilla movies um, in the pipeline. And basically what you generally tended to have was Godzilla would fight like sort of different creatures in each of them. So I don't know if either of you saw the last one in this sort of series, which was the King of Monsters, where he fights like all the different kaiju. And did either of you see that? No. Yes,
0: yes, I've seen it, yeah.
2: So each of those monsters, so you have Rodan who's like the big like pterodactyl creature. You've got Mothra, who's just a giant butterfly moth thing. And then you have King Ghidorah as well. And you basically have all these giant monsters. And basically, what they would do is they would almost like it was like an industry where they would, you would have them fight Godzilla and then they would come back into their own like separate movie afterwards. Mm -hmm. Um, So, the number of these sorts of movies are like there's like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. You go into Wikipedia and that, that's those are like the main sort of ones. Then you have like, and we'll get onto this later, like the awful, like sort of. Budget ones that were just chucked out. They basically try and get as much money as you can. Because you have like a whole bunch of Godzilla copycats as well. Um, so the main one is this one that's called Gamera, which is like essentially this giant turtle that basically like the whole point with Godzilla, Godzilla sort of it was supposed to be like obviously quite like either ambiguous to so, like humans or he's like sort of like do you know what I mean? Like an evil presence whereas the whole point with Gamera is that he's like really benevolent and really kind, so like his his tagline was uh, what was it, something like Gamera um, love, lover of all children or something weird like that, it was, yeah I, um, they did like a set like Arrow Videos who do like an awful lot of like Blu-ray collections and stuff they released this set um, last year, so I have that sitting actually staring at me right now um,
0: so
2: there's a, whole, there's a whole once you sort of <laughs> jump into this world you kind of can't really stop <laughs> um but, uh, films. so this is the thing so the original films like the Godzilla films were started by this company called Toho which is like essentially one of like the major Japanese production companies that came out around the time of like the Japanese boom just after World War II. Okay. and then what you have is you have them but then you have all these sort of side companies that essentially like where gamma comes from is this other company called i think it's toy so t-o-e-i i might have got that wrong but they're basically like there may be an h in there as well but they basically were a subsidiary like a non subsidiary like a competitor that were like okay well this is obviously what's selling then we're going to make these and there's a whole bunch of different companies that have sprung up throughout the years that have seen this as a popular market because you've got those you've got like i said King Kong and then they had the King Kong pairing with Godzilla and like versus which is obviously what we're mainly talking about today um, then you've got all the sort of spin-offs from that and there's just it kind of just goes on and on and on it's a bit of an endless pit if you end up sort of looking into it
1: i see yeah I mean clearly um, you know you were saying about them being were you know that uh, Godzilla king of the monsters and then the the monsters would all have their own spin-off films and clearly brothers wanted this as well because they saw you know when this uh when their own when this monster franchise kind of kicked kicked uh kick started, you know you had all these other you know franchises really really growing and developing and clearly you know they want this kind of you know to, to base it around the marvel formula everyone wants that marvel formula where you have your your backbone but then you have loads of separate films that come off it um they probably wanted to emulate that plus if they have a big asian following then um that's a lot of box office a lot of like international box office as well so
2: no i mean well like i was looking it up the other day so like the total takings now I'm, i don't know if they've updated this for kong versus godzilla yet but the last one i read it was something like has a combined thing of $1.6 billion or something that they've taken in worldwide. Okay. Now, obviously, that's far less. The MCU, I think, is something like 22, but you've got, like, what, 23 movies there? mm mm-hmm. um, Whereas with this, you've had, do you know what I mean, this is four, and like I said, I don't think that 1.6 actually takes into account the... Well. Um, that this latest one that they have out. No, so it's like it's interesting. Like, there's definitely like I read a thing earlier on today that like this is a lot of people are saying this is like the movie that could really help to revive the movie industry post COVID. It's doing really really well both domestically and overseas as well. Yeah, it's one of those
1: films that demands a big screen to watch on. Yeah, I feel like out of all the films that have come out, even including the likes of Tenant, I think almost this. Um, you know, it's really elevated if you can see it on a big screen. So I think that's helped an awful lot. And I think the whole industry is rooting behind this film. It's not just the one studio that's responsible for it. I think they realise that, you know, Godzilla or King Kong can, you know, smash down that door that might be blocking uh, (laughs) the cinemas. Did you like that metaphor?
2: (laughs) I did. I did. I like what you did there. It's just, you no, know, it's interesting as well because it's like, it is just, this is the ultimate sort of popcorn movie, isn't it? Like, this is, do you mean, like, mindless chaos with just two giant men in rubber suits beating the absolute shit out of each other. That's what this entire genre is.
1: Because it's also interesting to see um, how the box office has worked for this. Because um, I remember when, when I saw this coming out and the, the projections they were making for this film, um... I had something in the back of my head saying that the last one didn't do so well. So I went and checked to see the box office for all of these films. And really it's kind of been on a decline um, from the start. The last one, made $386 million, which sounds like an awful lot, but these films cost an awful lot. So yeah. as I think the first Godzilla, the t- t- 2014 one, the Gareth Edwards one, um, mm. it made something like 600 million. Um, and I think the the King Co- the the Kong skull, skull Island made something similar, but it has been in a downward trajectory. But this latest one seems to somehow have... Um, maybe it's because of the circumstances. Maybe it's just the right place the right time. But it looks like it's kind of rejuvenated people's interest in the franchise.
2: I just wonder, like, I mean, because, Corey, you're the only one out of the three of us that has seen this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. At the time... I guess they they were only talking. I think about making four of these in total. I think they only ever had four sort of plans. Does it leave it like where you could have more or like?
0: Well, there was no. We fast forward and there was no. There was no after credit scene. Um, the film does says. I mean, I don't want to spoil it. I really don't want to spoil it at all for you. It doesn't leave. It really doesn't leave. I mean, there's no open ending. It is pretty closed. It doesn't have. Yeah, it's not like the last one with had the post credit scene with with the monarch people etc mm. or was that at the post-credits of the first one? Uh,
2: it's just, I think they've had in a couple of them.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or no it was Kong, yes it was King Kong that had the monarch thing and then they put it in the, the King of Monsters Godzilla as well. Yeah no I think they've closed it off which I'm happy with because you know these things can sometimes go on way too long.
2: Yeah I, I suppose there is there's something nice about that where they don't feel the need to like as opposed to the DCEU, which we were obviously talking about last week. Mm-hmm. Um, fun fact about that, an awful lot of those movies that we talked about are now no longer in production. They've cancelled them. Yeah. Uh, but the fact that there's like that this is a studio who's like, okay, well like we know what we like we want out of this. We don't do you know what I mean, let's leave it while before they become too stale kind of thing.
0: Yeah, however, as you guys have been saying about this making quite a lot of money, if it makes if it makes any more money, they'll be making more of these without a shadow of a yeah, doubt. You true. know, they'll find a way. Um. I don't know, God's, King Kong in space or something.
2: <laughs> well, like I said, if I was to go through the list of like the different titles that they've had over the years, there's been some fairly crazy. And some of them, I've watched a couple of them, and some of them are just absolutely atrocious.
0: I mean, in fairness to those kind of like crazy kind of ideas to have for all these you know Godzilla movies and King Kong you can take a lot of them ideas and just adapt them for modern day and it would probably kind
2: of work as a big monster movie you know. Well that's the thing like other than like so other than Kong Skull Island which I guess was its own sort of thing um, the other movies in this have, are all essentially remakes of movies that we've had before because mm-hmm. like yeah, you see you have you had Godzilla before it's been done three or four times now. Um, you had like Godzilla, King of Monsters, was a movie that came out like back in the day where you had Godzilla fighting all these other different monsters. Um, Do you know what I mean? Godzilla versus Kong. I think this is the second; it might be the third time they've made this one. Um, so like the whole point is this is like it's like a cycle with this sort of thing. It just keeps sort of keeps being redone every, do you know what I mean? Twenty, thirty years or so. Um, so it'd be interesting to see, you know, like how long they give it before they try and re-go back into this well, or whether well, you're right because of the amount of money it's making, I'll just it'll be sooner rather than later, I don't know.
0: Yeah, but before before we move on from this one, I will say I mean, I know we talked earlier about the fact that you guys weren't much of a fan of the first Godzilla one, although it was one I, you you liked it Mark, yeah?
1: Yeah, 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 I, I um, which is weird, why I've kind of stopped since then, but yeah, no, I'm yeah. a fan of the Gareth Edwards one in 2014.
0: Um, I was just I was just watching it back there and I was thinking, <laughs> that one's like the Man of Steel of this uh, franchise. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of like, you know, it had a really strong trailer and then it had, I, I like the way they kind of kept him hidden quite a bit. I mean, yeah, so I, was, I, I was reading, I was uh, watching Mark Mood's interview and he said the same thing about him. Um, about Gareth Edwards' one, you know, they kind of had it where he was kind of a bit mysterious and stuff. Whereas when you fast forward to kind of like the most recent one, it's just like he's right out in the open, I think I said to my friend, you know, you can see every crevice in Godzilla's face in 4K (laughs) Ultra HD. He just looks like a big pile of gravel. And I'm just like, oh, you know... (laughs) I like the mysteriousness of it before, you know the the halo jumpers and stuff coming down and stuff. Um, yeah, if you're going to do
1: that though, you see, I I get the fact that if you're going to have multiple films in this, you can do that first film where it's all suspense. But once you've mm. Godzilla, you can't go, you can't put that lid back in the jar. So yeah,
0: yeah. He's,
1: out, he's out, and you're going to have to just embrace that. So I don't think they really had the option to keep going with the suspense level once you've kind of already. <laughs>
2: No, because especially at this point, like Kong and Godzilla are sort of known, do you know what I mean? Quantities in the world. Um there's a bit in the in the last one that came out, so it's Godzilla like, King of the Monsters. And it's like they're under the water and they're sort of stalking him, and he basically he sort of comes up to them and it's just like a flashing strobe light effect. Where it's underwater and it's honestly one of the most terrifying. It what probably in like these sorts of movies like ter- blockbusters, it's one of the most terrifying things I've seen from like a non horror kind of movie. It's just like it's slowly just getting closer and closer and closer, and it's like lit up, and its eyes are lit up, and it looks really demonic and stuff. It's a really, I think, really interesting image.
0: Um, I I enjoyed the last one as well. I mean, I I enjoyed. I was I liked it a lot better than a lot of other people liked it. I know a lot of people had a, a lot of issue with the whole Monarch stuff and way too much backstory. But I thought, that, I mean, I was pretty happy enough with it. I mean, I know they were trying to develop everything a bit more and there's maybe one too many human characters. My issue with this later yeah. on is that it's kind of went way too into the popcorn movie um, element where it's just bright lights and CGI. So, you know, it's just went a step too far, I think.
1: I, I think that, um obviously you've seen these films more than i have um so i, c- I can't really talk from much experience but are you, do you think Corey, um that they may be going down a franchise at a kind of the route of like yes we get it these are two massive character, massive monsters fighting each other that's the basis of the film we're not taking it too seriously anymore like that gareth edwards one if i remember correctly i haven't seen it since it was released but it was, it was quite grounded i find mm. and- It certainly was serious and had like a dark element to it. Whereas it seems from the trailers of these new ones that they're going a lot more like, you know, larger than life. Um, You know, you're here to watch these things bash each other's heads out um, or brains out. And, you know, are they going down the route of maybe like, you know how um, Fast and Furious have kind of went in the route of like absurd, but it's a fun popcorn film?
0: Well, I still don't think, I honestly don't think it was... They just made a lot of storytelling choices which weren't necessary there's like far too many characters in this one where they've brought back all the characters from the one previous and then added on the likes of rebecca hall and um scar scarred and then this the wee deaf the wee deaf girl who's probably the best character in the lot because that the that actress is actually deaf in real life so she was quite i think she was quite expressive with her um performance and stuff but, you know, I, I saw another person say that they should have maybe just focused more on, on the wee girl and just had her, her be more of a main character because then it would bring a bit more emotion. Because like Millie Bobby Brown and stuff, like she, she, she has her own film within that film. You know, it's very, she, she barely, she's barely even, I don't think she's even in the same scene as like Kong or Godzilla at any point. So it's just kind of like she's doing her own thing, it's very strange.
2: See I feel like with her in particular it was sort of more, like in that last one I guess she was just coming off the haze of like proper, um, obviously she had really sort of started to blow up with Stranger Things and all the rest of it, whereas I get the impression certainly from the trailers I've seen of this that the whole sort of human story is really relevant, it's not really what anyone wants to see.
0: Yeah they put in a lot of different humans but they're all very one-dimensional and they yeah. I think everyone it's, it's almost like everyone starts tripping over each other's feet, you know, it's one of those things You just have we—we we one too many characters, human characters Which you wouldn't think is possible in a movie that's, you know, spending so much time with two giant CGI beasts
2: I don't know, but like, yeah, it's like the whole point for me with these movies is you don't really go into it with Like a really sort of, you want like a, do you know what I mean, anything really serious or any sort of Yeah Deep human yeah. character development, you just want to see big giant monsters beating the crop out of each other Yeah um but yeah so dropping this for a wee bit the obviously there's a whole bunch like i was talking about earlier of kaiju movies that exist out there do you have any recommendations um mark we'll start with you do you have like one or two recommendations to Uh,
1: probably the first film i watched in the kaiju franchise um or if you call it a kaiju film um which is peter jackson's king kong um, I, I would recommend it above all the rest of them. Um, as I've said, I think it's kind of... Um, it's one of those uh, under-appreciated films, in my opinion. And, uh, it, you know, I think it, it ticks all the boss, uh, boxes. You get a real sense of where King Kong's from. And his problems, you actually feel like he's a full-fledged character in the film... And even the, you've got Jack Black in that film, Adrian Brody, Naomi Watts, and all of them are really well-developed characters, in my opinion. Um, So it's not just the whole film focuses on Kong and just these like very disposable human characters. Um, You also get like the whole island of where Kong came from. You know, that feels like another character in the film. So um, yeah, I I would recommend it out of them all.
2: Okay, Corey. What about
0: you? Yes, I have um three actually. I'll try and just fly through them really quickly. Um, the first one is probably the reason Gareth Evans got the Godzilla um job is his two thousand ten film Monsters. I don't know. If... Fantastic,
2: fantastic yeah. choice. So I saw yeah.
0: this. Um, I think I saw this in and around the time I started what studying um film. So like, I'd went from being like just like a blockbuster guy to oh, these are art house films. Um these are kind of good too so then this was kind of a mixture of like me loving big monsters and like this kind of like arthouse style where it's kind of you know low budget but still tells a really great story um and it's kind of about like monsters that are living in america and they've kind of moved in and it's just how the government is kind of managing it and there's these two characters crossing the country um so that would be my first one the second one would be the norwegian film uh, troll hunter um,
2: Another of, great
0: one, yeah. Came out in two thousand ten. I remember watching this. It's all like done, like almost like a documentary style. Um, it's one I need to watch again. I watched it late at night, and I was quite drunk at the time, but I remember loving it. Um, I'll have to watch that one again. But I thought it was really good because it does have that kind of these monsters are so giant, but they're also quite hidden. Um, kind of has yeah. almost that uh, clover field, even like paranormal activity vibe, where you don't really see the monster, um, on, you know, until halfway. And it's, it's amazing I mean if you, the, the film visually I think is fantastic um, and the last one is Bong Joon-ho's The Host from 2006 Um it is amazing big giant monster attacking South Korea it has his big hitters in it like Kang Hoo Song and um, Duna Bay's in it as well and a couple of other actors who went on to do some amazing things if I'm sure both of you have you seen The Host I haven't seen. Those oh, I, I believe months yeah, I know
2: it's like my Bong Joon Ho one that I haven't actually seen. Oh, it's on my my, let, my, it's my watch
0: list. Boy, though. we need to. If we're ever together, we all need to sit down and watch that one. It is. I mean, it was the first Bong Joon Ho film I saw, and like me and my dad, once again, stuck it on on a whim, and we're like blown away by it. It's amazing, and you know Kang Ho's song is is just fantastic in it. Yeah, we'll have to watch that one sometime.
1: Just um, on a totally side point. Uh, I don't know about Ross but um, Corey and I are in the middle of a snowstorm I've just realised
2: <laughs> that inside. Okay, yeah. yeah it's the same here <laughs> of course
0: uh, I have to look at for any trolls did you have know talking about anyway that um, was like I haven't
2: obviously before I moved like because I hadn't that was my first sort of introduction to Norway whenever I saw that movie yeah and then it's like just really interesting obviously since moving here to try and like find where it was shot and see mm-hmm. if I could like do anything you know go out I mean, but um, oh, it's quite, it's it's actually quite a big deal over here, I suppose. It's like their main, one of their main movies from the last 20 years. What
0: about, um, what about you, Ross? What would your, um, how do you recommend? Yeah,
2: it? so um, obviously I have a couple that I'm sort of cycling through. Um, Probably a more mainstream one that I guess I would recommend for anyone who want, just wants to jump in with this and have a bit of fun um, was Pacific Rim that came out, obviously. like I think it was, what, back in 2014 or something like that? that's sort of pure kaiju at its at its heart um Guillermo del Toro is a big fan of these sorts of movies and you can really tell through that like how it all sort of comes across um but that so that's like one I would put as like if you want to see like monsters fighting each other but what my sort of main recommendation is the 2016 movie Colossal Hmm. With Anne Hathaway and Jason Sudeikis, so have you seen that? Yes, yeah, so, we uh, yeah, yeah.
1: Of us have actually. Yeah, we had a discussion about yeah. this recently. I was not a fan, but I loved the concept. I thought the concept was excellent, but
2: but you weren't a fan of the executioner
1: I was really underwhelmed. Like I was expecting quite a lot, and um,
2: yeah. Actually, I think I just I went in with it the opposite. I went into it thinking that like I was like, oh, this looks like a sort of fun monster movie, and it's not that at all. Um, I, I give
0: I give it seven out of ten. I was a fan.
2: Yeah, I know it's um it's just really like again yes it is sort of there's Kaiju in it but it's not really that's not the main focus of it all. Um, so it sort of deals with topics such as like alcoholism and various you know what I mean unemployment mm-hmm. and things like that. And I don't want to spoil it for anyone who's obviously listening this and hasn't watched it. But basically, Anne Hathaway's character finds that she has sort of a link. With this creature that's destroying soul, which was that, was, that was quite interesting the fact that it wasn't a kaiju movie that was set um, in Japan. Do you know what I mean? It was set somewhere else, it was actually set in Korea. So I suppose, like that, and the host and stuff, you're starting to branch outside some of the traditional kaiju venues. But um, yeah. no, nah, I definitely, I really liked it. I really liked it. Um, okay, so now we've had our fill um this is quite an exciting little thing that we were talking about certain sort of potential addition to the podcast we don't know we're going to see how this works um but given the number of crazy and wondrous kaiju movies that exist out there each of us has sort of went away and what we're going to do now is pitch our own personal kaiju movie that we would make given that we had a budget and time to work with it um. This, this is, we're obviously quite excited about this we'll all put in a wee bit of effort so Mark, do you want to start?
1: Uh, right well, <laughs> first of all when I first was trying to come up with this I, couldn't, I really wanted to do a film um, or at least a plot a bit along the lines of Colossal that you were talking about Ross because I really like that concept mm-hmm. but I just couldn't get something that was quite different from that so I've, I scrapped that and my idea, well, first of all, the title of it would be called Sewer Babies. So, um, oh right. It's a marketing <laughs> issues given that this is meant to be a kaiju film. So, basically, the premise is, and this was helped by my family today while we were out for an Easter walk, um, is that, I mean, I still need to look up uh, different kaiju. Well, I suppose it could be any sort of monster could be classified as kaiju, couldn't it? As long as it's large. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No. Yeah. Yeah. Like I mean, yeah.
2: I guess like it's pretty loose, but as long as it's like reasonably decent sized,
1: right? So, um, basically, um, there's this imminent virus that's coming. Uh, basically, uh, is about to happen uh, to the globe, and it's far far worse than COVID nineteen. Um, another COVID. I'm not sure. I haven't really worked out those details, but it's about to happen. But no one knows that it's about to happen apart from the kaiju. So there's this pre-existing world where there's kaiju already, and um, they sense it, because I think uh, Godzilla and stuff gets like a sixth sense. Uh, some of the kaiju get like a like a sense before things happen. So um, they're, they get this sense, and basically you have this underwater kaiju, or at least ones that go underwater, and it's like an octopus-type kaiju, and it manages to suck children down the toilet Oh my god <laughs> um obviously young children because um you know uh for being realistic you know certainly old uh children couldn't fit down the toilet so you know um have to make things realistic so um yeah they basically suck them down the toilet and then um obviously all these and or like pools and things suck them down like large drains and um and keep them in the sewers basically and uh, all humans are like what's going on all our children are missing why are the kaiju doing this so it looks as if the kaiju are the enemy the whole way through the film but then of course this virus comes wipes out all um adults and then you basically find that then there's like i don't know some sort of sign language between the babies and (laughs) the kaiju and then you find out that the kaiju were doing that to save humanity and that basically um adults were screwed but they could save the children and that's basically the end of part one. And then you can have like a part two and a part three. Where, um,
2: oh, you're, you're franchising that? Not... That's like more franchises
1: that make the money. <laughs> that's a,
2: we're money bags Everything
1: gets a franchise or at least an attempted franchise. <laughs> so, um, and then you basically get like a rise or dawn for the planet of Kaiju um, as part two and part three, where you've kind of like, they're ruling the world because um, you've only got sewer babies left. Nice. Sure. I like it. You <laughs> um, need a bit of time to digest that, I think. <gasps> uh, <laughs> I, yeah, maybe, maybe just a wee bit, but yeah. Um,
0: I hope you've written that down, Mark, because I, I need to read over that a couple of times again.
2: I was about to say, Mark, maybe we'll have to get the lawyers involved to make sure we we'll copyright this before anyone steals it. And on top of that, all your human cast, I mean, because the only humans
1: left are sewer sure babies, means you can just hire loads of cheap babies and like, toddlers, so you <laughs> don't need to spend money on actors. <laughs>
2: You've quite the bar to clear, Ross. I was about to say I don't know how I'm going to manage this. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, (laughs) right? Let me let me compose myself. Right. So basically, have you have you both seen Pacific Rim? Yes, both of them. Yeah, you've both seen Pacific Rim. So you know the way in that movie, basically the Kaiju all sort of come from like a hole, essentially like a rip in the sea, in the bottom of the ocean floor, Mm. on the Pacific. But yes, so that's like where the kaiju come from. Basically, my world is like, if that happened like 50, 60, 70 years in the past, they come up through this rift, start destroying things as they always do in these movies. But we're eventually able to learn a way of communicating with them. So we're able to actually work out a dialogue between each other. So we're civil and we're able to cohabitate with one another. Right, mm. you then jump forward to present day, and it's basically like our modern society, but with kaiju living amongst us as citizens. <laughs> so we've obviously developed this part, but then obviously the main problem that you have with these giant creatures that just walk around and knock things over and kill hundreds of people all the time <laughs> is you maybe have like a couple of legal issues that you might face as a result of that. So basically what you have is our protagonist who's this kaiju that accidentally stands on a bus and kills a whole bunch of kids. And he essentially is vilified. He doesn't know what to do. So he goes and seeks legal representation from kaiju litigators, administrators, wagers, and socialization services, or CLAWS. And basically my entire premise is that it focuses around an office, a legal office, sorting through kaiju issues that also sort of bundles together as like a PR firm where they help to rehabilitate their their image after after these things go wrong and basically it's headed by this sort of like aging Godzilla type who's one of the first kaiju to come through and broker peace with the humans and he's sort of like the front and foremost for Taiju rights, and you can. There's a whole bunch of room for allegories and stuff there. I think maybe like J.K. Simmons would be a good person to voice him. Mm-hmm. And basically, yeah, you have him sort of sitting, and it's sort of essentially I described. I've literally written down here as Think Godzilla, but if he was on suits. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was claws, and I think that again, we're all talking about these big universes that we can open up. We've set the world. And then you can sort of build into, I don't know, like kaiju firefighters or like kaiju police or whatever. Like there's a whole bunch of cop procedurals, like, do you know what I mean? Hospital dramas, who knows? Could be the next Carry (laughs) On series. Exactly. Exactly. But Claws. Yeah. K-L-A-W-S-S Claws. That's
0: good.
2: (laughs) So um, those are our ideas. Um, We'll maybe shoot those on Facebook or something for people to like and see which ones we prefer and we'll see who comes out on top um but yeah just sort of to finish um another little game I thought would be quite fun here what I've done is like I said there's hundreds and there's probably thousands at this point of kaiju movies that have sprung out from Godzilla and all these different things throughout the years and basically what you have as a result of that as a result of all these sorts of movies that come out you have a whole bunch of like crappy knockoffs that appear mm. on the scene. Um, so, basically, what I've done, and I thought it'd be quite fun, is I've come up with a list of five here um, movie titles, and I want, and I'm going to read out the movie title and also a bit of the synopsis. And I want you to tell me if I've made this movie up or if it's an actual kaiju movie. So, how does that sound? That sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah, I'll probably be terrible at this. <laughs> right so i'll start off with this one and um this first one is called Gangosaurus rex and it basically involves a giant tyrannosaur terrorizing a band of california marijuana growers
0: that's fantastic
2: i need
0: to watch this film, if it is a film. yeah so that was yeah that was definitely true
2: because yeah so to, yeah no full disclosure i i told both of you about that one beforehand <laughs> so um uh, but yeah Nubal is actually a movie that's a 1987 movie it's currently rated at 4.1 on imdb and it's basically just a, someone holding up a plastic t-rex figure eating big things of like giant bits of weed and as it eats them it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger um it's currently on youtube for anyone that wants to look it up so feel free to waste an hour and a half of your life um <laughs> if you want um okay next one along so notzilla a japanese scientist accidentally releases a giant monster in the u.s and must save it and cincinnati before a crazed nuclear scientist destroys both the creature will remain small he explains as long as it is not exposed to alcohol notzilla it's called notzilla like O.T. yeah Yeah. so what do you think i'd say it is a film (laughs) based on that last one being a film. I said isn't. You said isn't? Yeah. So that was a film that came out in twenty nineteen. <laughs> um it has a four point seven on IMDb. A lot of these seem to have ratings around four, so <laughs> that's a bit of a trend here. Um it is a it is to be fair, it's a parody movie. It's been made as a parody movie. Um Godzilla looks kind of like a bit sort of simple, like a bit derpy. Um, I think like the way I sort of saw someone describe it in the comments was think Godzilla, but if you ordered him from Wish, um <laughs> uh, <laughs> quite funny. But yeah, you can you, it's available on the VOD um for anyone that wants to have to purchase that. So that was certainly an interesting one. Um okay next one Mega Shark versus Squidzilla. Uh the California coast is terrorized by two enormous pre sea creatures. As they battle each other for supremacy of the sea.
1: I'd love to watch that, but I feel like it's not. I'm gonna say not in this one.
0: I, I this one I'm gonna say it is because I think you've heard of Mega Shark, so I'm wondering if this is just one of these uh,
2: movies. So it is not a movie. Yeah. However, the Mega Shark franchise does exist. <laughs> so I basically just repurposed one of the synopsis from one of the other ones in the series, nice. um, just to make sure that. So basically, it's put out the a company called The Asylum. I don't know if either of you have heard of The Asylum before.
0: No.
2: Um, they're basically like this production company that puts out what they call mockbusters, which are basically like, say, for example, like they've done it for the Transformers movies. Like if a Transformer movie comes out in the cinema, they have their own ones. I think they're called the Transmorphers. And they basically like, they put out something that's so close to what the actual thing is that you may be mistaken, you may go in and accidentally buy it. I think that's generally their business strategy, (laughs) which is interesting. But yeah, so Megashark has not fought Squidzilla, but he has fought um, some other creatures. So we have Giant Octopus, Crocosaurus Rex, Mega Shark, Omega Shark, so like with Godzilla, and Colossus, which... From the box artwork kind of looks like their take on Terminators. (laughs) So all of those are on Amazon Prime for anyone that wants to have a wee look through. I started watching one and I got about 10 minutes in and gave up. So good luck with that. Um, Okay, next one along. The Night of the Lepus, which involves giant mutant rabbits terrorizing the southwest of the states. I'm going to say this is another not. I'm going to say it is. okay this one actually is true um so it's a 1972 movie it also has a 4.2 on imdb so again like they're all sitting around the fours i don't know what if there's some sort of trend here um it's based it's actually based on a book um fun fact from the biologist the reason it's called lepus is because the biological family name for hares and rabbits is leporidae so it's like a sort of a thing from that um, and it has been described by, I can't it wasn't Siskel or Ebert, but somebody else described it as one of the most ridiculous horror movies ever conceived. <laughs> mm. So there you go. Um, finally, here we have Space Fetus. <laughs> a space probe is infiltrated by alien beings that then crashes on a remote Pacific atoll. A group planning to build a resort hotel land on the island and discover it has been inhabited by giant mutant babies created <laughs> by the aliens in an attempt to conquer the world.
1: That sounds great. This is my favourite sounding one out of them all. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say yes because I, I want this to be a thing.
0: I'll go no again just to be...
2: No, so that is false. That, um, so unfortunately, Mark, I'm sorry to tell you. There is a movie that... So I took that, essentially like all of that and I just changed um, Mutant Babies. <laughs> I switched it out. But basically there is a movie from 1970 called space amoeba and basically what happens is like this giant like essentially like amoeba just arrives down and like converts like a cuttlefish a stone crab and a turtle into the giant monsters of versions of themselves to wreak havoc on the locals. So there you go. Um, I know it's a crazy and wonderful world when we start to go down this rabbit hole. Um, yes, no, I, it's it's definitely one of my sort of favourite subgenres. Um, I have a book that I bought, um, I bought from Amazon called Kaiju for Hipsters, and it's um, it's actually quite a comprehensive read with a whole bunch of very random movies that are quite fun. So I highly recommend everyone check that out. But there you go. I think that's us for this week. I think so that was great yeah so that's that's us for this week um thanks for listening Uh, again we have our youtube page that's really starting to pop off at the minute we also have facebook and we have
0: what other what other things do we have (laughs) we got a twitter as well yeah mark mark recently put up a an edit for the rude films so we put a together some of the films that we watched into a little uh emotional edit didn't you mark it worked pretty well i was pretty impressed
1: yeah i was pretty impressed as well yeah. yeah i mean it's uh it turned out a little better than i expected it to.
0: we've also got our instagram up and running we got some reviews over there and um, got some of our under the radars and uh, around the world's coming up in there i've got uh, ross your sympathy for mr vengeance one i've nearly edited so it should be up there soon and i'll get mark's uh, and cindy's one up there so just so people can kind of get a wee visual representation of some of the words that we spew out on this podcast. Um, (laughs) It is a visual medium and we're working in a non-visual medium, but um, yeah. Sweet. Thank you. Bye. (laughs) For more on Film Frequency, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Film Frequency and on Facebook and YouTube. Just search Film Frequency in the search bar. Until next time, have a brilliant week, stay safe and keep watching films.